China's consumers spent more in the just-completed New Year holidays than they did in 2019, and much more than last year. The RBA will be watching this week's Australian wages figures, like a hawk. And New Zealand's Reserve Bank Governor says the last mile of inflation reduction will be hard. That's coming up in our Five Things in Five Minutes. And then in our deep dive interview, ANZ's Head of G3 Economics, Brian Martin, explains why there's a growth and interest rate divide opening up between the United States and the rest of the world. The US had by far the biggest fiscal response to the pandemic, and that's still feeding through the economy from the Inflation Reduction Act and from onshoring through the uh, CHIPS Act. So I think that really differentiates the US from elsewhere. But first, in 5 and 5 with ANZ, we got news out over the weekend that Chinese consumers spent up a lot more during the key Looney New Year holidays than last year, which will give some reassurance that consumers in the world's second largest economy are getting some of their mojo back. Data out from China over the weekend showed spending on travel domestically rose 47% from last year and was up 8% on 2019, although spending per tourist was down 9.5%. Number two, the RBA will be watching Australian wages data for the December quarter on Wednesday. Here's ANZ Group Chief Economist Richard Yetzinger on why it's important after last week's softer-than-expected jobs growth. He says the RBA is most concerned about domestic inflation and services inflation. The primary driver of services inflation generally is wages. The best leading indicator we have of wages is underutilisation in the labour market. So those numbers are suggesting wage growth has peaked and are suggesting the RBA will stay on hold now before a a modest easing cycle starts in the second half of the year. We're currently choosing November as the start of that. I think between now and November, we feel sometimes it should be before that, sometimes it should be later at the moment. If I was to pick a side, I'd be going the front side of November rather than the back side from a risk perspective. Number three. In New Zealand, Reserve Bank Governor Adrian Orr gave his first speech of the year on Friday. It was closely watched because market expectations for rates in New Zealand have been firming, and the last RBNZ forecasts were nearly three months ago. Orr said the last mile of inflation would be hard. So you see that headline inflation is coming down. The non-tradable inflation is, is moving, but moving much slower. And a lot of component of that is around inflation expectations and domestic price setting behaviour. So all measures for inflation have declined. We're all moving in the right direction, but it's this tail end. You know, 4.7 is is more than two times 2%, and we've got more work to do to have inflation expectations truly anchored at that 2% level. And uh, this is the part where capacity pressures and inflation expectations are the Monetary Committee's real focus to get done. Number four. ANZ New Zealand Chief Economist Sharon Zollner said Orr's speech was careful not to move markets much, but it was notable for its tone of worrying about underlying inflation. I would say the tone of the speech was consistent with the November monetary policy statement, acknowledging that monetary policy is working and that inflation is well off its peaks, but stressing that there's still a really long way to go. And in fact, he made an off-the-cuff comment that there's still a way to go to re-anchor inflation expectations. Uh, That comment was interesting in light of the expectations data that came out uh, just a couple of days ago, which did show things moving in the right direction, but still the, the level of those expectations being too high. Number five. 
Malaysia's GDP figures were reported late on Friday night and showed much slower than expected growth in the fourth quarter. GDP rose 3.0% in the December quarter from the same year ago and actually fell 2.1% from the September quarter. Economists had expected annual growth to be in line with the advance estimate of 3.4%. ANZ economist Debeli Kasaka wrote consumer spending was the main factor for the weakness. She expects Malaysia's central bank to keep its main policy rate on hold at 3% throughout 2024. Now, on our deep dive interview today, ANZ's head of G3 Economics, Brian Martin, is seeing a divide opening up between the United States with stronger growth and high interest rates and Europe, the UK and Japan, with economies there in recession and rate cuts coming soon. We seem to be getting a a separation in the global economy between the US economy, uh, which generally seems to be surprisingly strong uh, so far this year, and then the rest of the world's economies, uh, particularly Japan with yesterday's recession figures, Europe, which downgraded its growth and inflation figures today, and now the UK with recession-type numbers. What do you think is going on here? I think there's a few things going on. The US had by far the biggest fiscal response to the pandemic, and that's still feeding through the economy from the Inflation Reduction Act and from onshoring through the uh, CHIPS Act. So I think that really differentiates the US from elsewhere. Fed were also very swift once they started to respond to inflation to get ahead of the curve and get it under control. So we've seen very substantial falls in U.S. inflation, despite the fact that the CPI numbers this week were that little bit stronger than expected. And what that is delivering is real wage rises in the United States. Uh, That's supporting consumption. It's supporting the largest aspect of the economy, which is the consumer, that accounts for about 70% of GDP. So I think their policy settings from, from, from getting on top of inflation through fiscal policy really differentiate the US from elsewhere, which is still grappling with inflation, with a tighter fiscal position, and also, I think, grappling with key things like energy, climate, and what it's going to do to technologically secure going forward. The US is way more advanced in all that stuff, so I think that's what really separates it. And if the separation continues to widen, this would, in theory, increase the interest rate differential between the United States and these other places, Japan, Europe, the UK, possibly even China. What might that do for currencies, the US dollar, and uh, and ultimately interest rates globally? You're right to point out that there are significant implications for interest rates, and particularly real interest rates across different geographies. We think that real interest rates in the United States need to stay positive during this business cycle, and really quite positive, probably anywhere between 1% and 1.5%. In Europe, we think the situation is different. We think that real rates can fall back to zero. Similarly, in Japan, we're not looking at the same type of tightening uh, that we had elsewhere. If you believe that real interest rates are a major driver of currency, then the natural conclusion from that is that the US is going to stay strong and probably strengthen against most other major currency blocks. Brian Martin there. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was 5 and 5 with ANZ for Monday, February the 19th. 
Catch you tomorrow with a closer look at relatively high spare capacity in the global oil markets with ANZ Senior Commodity Strategist, Daniel Hines. This podcast contains general information only, not investment advice. You should obtain advice for your personal circumstances before making any investment decisions. Please view the podcast disclaimer available via your media player or email.